and welcome to Soberholic Podcast. This show is designed to address topics that will encourage, equip, and inspire you to explore life's most difficult topics and overcome your biggest challenges. Today, your hosts, Roger and Jason, will share from their own experience how you can find hope and healing in recovery. Well, how's it going? Man, I guess it's good. Uh, no no complaints. The weather's perfect outside. It's finally changed. Yeah. Well, we have a guest here uh, this afternoon. We have Pastor Tim Hassler, who's also my pastor. Be on your best conduct. Yeah, I know. So keep it. <laughs> behave, Jason. Yeah. Behave. No, Roger, behave. I am kind of the one you got to worry about. Behave. He doesn't go to church with me. I, you know, I, I don't judge him. <laughs> you both both may be laying hands on me before it's over with. <laughs> So, you need it. Uh, I definitely do. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, another one. Man, they never end, do they? No, no I've got plenty of hand jokes. Yeah. 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 They always talk about laying hands on people, but I never was sure if it was closed hand or open hand. Uh, yeah, you know? Jason Man. and I have the uh, the short joke. Uh, we have plenty of those. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's why you hired me here is because I'm, I'm your high. I'm that's not right. taller than you. That's right. So. See how to aisle somebody. <laughs> Both on the same level, huh? Yeah, yeah. Pastor uh, Pastor Tim is my pastor here, where I serve as worship pastor, and um, have a lot of great respect for him. I've, I've, we've had a great relationship while I've been serving here for almost three years now, and so figured it was time to bring him in on some things and uh, get his perspective. Yeah, because um, you know, we talk about a lot of different things on the show, and. A few weeks back, or actually a few months back, we began talking about adding some scripture in here, and I, I think we aired one of those uh, a week or two ago that me and Jason had talked about. But it was like, who better than to bring in one of the pastors that we know to talk about some of these important verses that we believe re- relate to recovery? Because it, honestly, if you look through scripture, you see just tons of scripture that kind of guides us away from going towards these sinful things that we do. But yet we find ourselves in this sin trap where we become slaves to sin and doing those things we don't want to do. Before we dive off into that, though, I I really wanted to talk to you a minute because most of our listeners kind of know my backstory before I got saved. I, I really thought the church was full of hypocrites, and and maybe it is and to some extent to some people, but I, I know that's not the goal, the end-all goal. But, um, you know, I, I, when I saw Christians, they would always tell me what I needed to do. And to be fair, it was true to God's Word. But what I, what I, all I heard was, you need to do this, but I'm going to do my sin in secret and not let anybody else know about it. And so, so, you know, I guess looking at the pastor, you would say, well, the pastor, surely if there's anyone perfect within the church, it would be the pastor. Would you find yourself to be a perfect person today? I would not find myself to be a perfect person. <laughs> I would say thank you guys for letting me be a part of this today. I'm excited too, but yeah, there is a, a lot of misnomers about um, uh, how preachers uh, conduct themselves, how, how they're supposed to to live, that they are supposed to be perfect and on some kind of pedestal. And it's one of the things that I try to encourage people all the time. Um, don't follow me. Uh, don't don't put don't rest your hopes on me because I'm not Jesus. There was only one perfect person that walked the earth, and that was Jesus. And so uh, it's difficult to be a pastor at times because people do change their behavior, they change their mindset, they change their attitude when they discover you're a pastor because they immediately, as we joked a moment ago, they immediately think that you're judging them, right. and that's no one's responsibility except God alone. 
Uh, and so it, it does make for a difficult time in regards to uh, the way that we live our lives because people do put you on the pedestal. They put you in the fishbowl. Um, but what I would want people to know is that I'm human like they are, and I have struggles just like they do. And that's really the, the passage that we'll be talking about today is really what Paul was talking about is that just because someone is a Christian does not mean that they don't have struggles. They don't have difficulties. They don't have temptations or addictions that they are battling uh, day in and day out. Uh, and so, no, I, I am by no means perfect. Go ask my wife and kids. They will tell you <laughs> before, first and foremost that I am not perfect. Um, so, so yeah, that, that's, that's where it's, uh, it makes it difficult at times to be a pastor because people put you in a different light, think of you in a different vein than they do other people. Yeah, I know that, um, man, tons of just Christians, church-going Christians that will look to their pastor as if, um, as you mentioned, you know, they put him on a pedestal as if he can't fall. And, man, um, I just know I've worked with many pastors in several churches to see that that's just not the truth. And now I think that we all as Christians try not to walk in sin, but right. yet – and. and we just do. Well, you know, we stumble, and we talk a lot here about sanctification, about trying to, to remove this sin from our life and, and to look more like Jesus. But there are days that I just don't look nothing like Jesus, and, and I'm not proud of those things today. And I don't think Paul was either, and he talks many times um, to us throughout, throughout the Word and throughout the New Testament. And most of those times were just in, in deep, dark places that he was at, but um, as he talks to us here today, I think that we can unpack some of that to see why we do some of the stuff that we do, right? Yeah. How about reading it for us, Jason? Right. What are we going to talk about today? We are in Romans seven, fourteen through uh, 25. Uh, yeah, 14 through 25. Yeah, here we go. For, and this is Paul. Uh, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold as a slave to sin. For I do not understand what I'm doing, because I do not practice what I want to do. But I do what I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law that it is good. So now I'm no longer the one doing it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my flesh. For what I desire to do, for I do... For the desire to do what is good is with me, but there is no ability to do it. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but I practice the evil that I do not want to do. Now, if I do what I do not want to do... Man, it's tough, ain't it? (laughs) There are so many do's in this. Keep sledding, keep sledding. Here we go, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm no longer the one that does it, but it is the sin that lives in me. So I discover this law. When I want to do what is good, evil is present with me, for it is my inner self, and the inner self I delight in God's law. But I see a different law in the parts of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and taking, my, taking me prisoner to the law of sin in the parts of my body. Um, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with my mind, I myself am ser- serving the law of God, but with my flesh, the law of sin. Man, that's one of the hardest sections of Scripture. It is that's where I made you go get your Bible, man. I didn't want to read it. 
What just happened? There's so many do's in that. It is so hard to read. So many contradictions. It is. I should have practiced that before I read that. Yeah, it's <laughs> tough. I don't, it's not you. I believe anybody who was to pick their Bible up right now and read that would run into the same things you just ran into. Right. It's not just hard, like, grammatic, grammatically. Yeah. It's hard to, to wrestle with that as far as the spiritual meaning, too, because just starting off with the verse... Um, Verse 15, for I do not understand what I'm doing. Right. That's that's the mystery of sin itself in our lives. That, like, we have the, sp- the spirit man that lives within us wants to do good, you know, right. and is trying to seek after Christ and seek a relationship after Christ and walk in the spirit with him. But then we have this, the old man, as Paul was just talking about in Romans 6, that old man, that old self, that's the flesh, is just wanting to go the complete opposite way. Right. And so you have this, you know, this conflict that's going on in, in the life of the believer. Right. It's, it's, so, so where do you think, Tim? Where, where do we start with this? I mean, probably right where, where Jason probably stole some thunder from you right there already, hadn't he? Well, there's no doubt it is difficult to understand and comprehend. One of the things that I would always say be, be careful of and cautious of too is it. this looks like a passage that almost tells you that, that you might as well sin. I mean, you know, it's too hard to fight it. It's too hard to resist it. Um, but it's really not uh, the point of the passage. In fact, Paul said uh, in, the, in the text here um, earlier previously and in chapter 6 that, you know, we're not uh, just because it, seems to be a difficult uh, struggle or challenge for us doesn't mean that gives us that liberty to just sin. Uh, we, it's a wrestle. It's as Jason said a moment ago, that's a, it's a place uh, that we wrestle with in our lives. And so um, that struggle is never going to end. And again, it doesn't matter if you're a preacher or, you know, the holiest Christian that, that somebody knows there's going to be the struggle with sin because it is spiritual warfare that is brought against every person. So this is what I heard from both of you guys, and I want all of us, listeners included, to, to hear this. is You can't go over here and grab four or five verses and say this is what it says. You've got to look That's before right. you know before these verses to mm-hmm. see and take it all of it. You can't just take a few verses out of context and say, oh, well, you can sin all you want to sin here, you know, because it would be easy to do that, right? Yeah, context is king, yeah. as they say. Yeah, yeah because in, verse, in chapter 6, I mean, he's talking about the old self and how that, our old self is crucified with him and that is is baptized in uh, baptized with him into death but then we're raised to to walk in the newness of life with him too and so you know chapter 6 is warning against you you can't just keep on sinning because there's grace you know you have to keep fighting against sin you have to rely on the holy spirit to empower you to be free from sin and then you go, of course, a lot of people are familiar with Romans chapter 8, which is towards the end of Romans chapter 8 is, is where it says nothing can separate us from the love of God. And so you kind of find a balance, you know, in, in, with that, that there is, there is hope. It's not just hopeless <laughs> that whenever I read this passage, um, you know, it kind of seems like, well, I'm just going to keep on sinning. I can't beat this, so why even try? Or that's what I think. I know that's terrible to say and to think, but it, it seems like, like in my own Christian walk, like it seems whenever I experience freedom from one sin, 
you know, and I and I finally get freedom in that area, there's another one that just crops right back up, and there's a whole new one to work on. And it, it and can, the old ones don't leave either. It's not like they disappear, right? No, they're still there. It's just you know, it's like we've talked before about you know the the the, the seven spirits being cleaned out, and then they can come back again, even right. and multiply. You still have to keep working on them. Well, I, you know, I, I'm probably the weird one here because I, when I see this with Paul, I find a lot of hope and freedom in this to realize that I'm not alone in this. I'm not like yeah. to sit here and hear him say that, you know, this good stuff I want to do, I don't do. I'm doing the stuff I hate, you know, and I find myself a lot doing that. Back when I was doing drugs, I didn't want to do drugs no more, but yet I kept doing the exact thing I didn't want to do, you know, to bring it up here to speed with me even this past weekend. Uh, I was on a retreat with some other folks from our CR group, and man, I was like, food has kind of been the thing I, I've been working on, and I, I I found myself this weekend blowing everything, and it's not like, oh, well, you've, you've cheated on a diet, so now you're a sinner. Uh, it's not that, but what I found is I keep going back to these comfort foods, and usually it's like snack cakes and stuff, and what that is for me is where I go to find comfort. I don't go to rest in the Lord with my problems. I just go to find food to fill a hole in my, in my, in my soul, and that's what I did when I chased drugs forever. I've done it with a relationship. I've done it with multiple things, with you know, buying things, all trying to satisfy something within me that only Christ could fill. So when I see Paul talk about he struggled, and I see how much that he wrote throughout Scripture, and when you look at a guy who seemed to be a holy guy and seemed to a guy who's got it all together, I go, well, Paul looked pretty good after he had his little Damascus Road experience. You know, he looked like he had. That's the guy I would want to be. We talk about sponsorship. You want to yeah. look to someone who who's doing what you want. That would be my sponsor if I could get a sponsor, right? Yeah. So um, that that's what I see just from the beginning here to see that someone else struggles with that internally with sin and, and doing the things I don't want to do. Paul, Paul, you know, can relate with me. Well, I think that you're hitting it right on the head with Paul. You know, whether Paul is thinking back to when he was lost and struggling. Uh, with the law or uh, when he was saved and maybe still, you know, figuring his way through what this meant to be in a relationship with God through his son, Jesus, who knows what perspective he's thinking as he's writing that, but that's what he's really doing to me is giving encouragement that this is a struggle for every person who comes to faith in Christ because we have the sin nature still within us. And, you know, Jesus said of the disciples there in the, the garden of Gethsemane, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, and and that's that's the thing. We have a sin nature, our flesh, and it is weak, and it draws us to those things that are sinful, those things that are tempting to whatever we may struggle with. And I know it is different for all of us, but our flesh is weak, and so if we just rely on our will power mm-hmm. and our flesh to accomplish what the Bible tells us to do, we're going to fail. Right. And and so uh, I think that's I think that's what he's trying to one of the things. I mean there's obviously several things that come out of the passage but I think the encouragement you're not alone in this. Mm-hmm. This this is a struggle and your struggle is different than mine, but I struggle too. Right. Yeah, so what Pastor Tim was talking about with the willpower, I think that's dead on um as far as like our own efforts in defeating sin and being free from sin are always going to be, you know, they're, they're always going to fail. 
And um, I think the only way we can exercise our willpower against sin is by surrendering, you know, to God and by trying to draw in the power of the Holy Spirit through, through our prayer life and through the reading of his word. And I know we talk a lot about uh, spiritual disciplines on this show, prayer, reading the word, memorizing the word, um, and having devotionals. And I, I think, I mean, I think that's the primary way, you know, that we can combat sin and, and experience freedom. What I want to ask is, so like the, the question I had, if the sin, you, you experience freedom from one sin and then another one pops up, like how do you encourage somebody who just wants to give up because they just want to, they're just like, this is never going to end. I'm never going to beat any of these things. I'm always going to have something. How do you, where is It's just is the, tiring. It's, it's tiring, tiring to work on all I that. mean, it's tiring to me to work on. And there are times that I do feel like giving up. Um, I think for me having, I'm going to answer my own question here. I think for me having an eternal perspective um, in mind helps me some knowing that in the end that I will be, you know, I will be free of all this, you know, whenever I go uh, to glory with Jesus Christ uh, in, 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 the, in the end. But what would, you, what would you say, what would y'all say to somebody who is just struggling with that? They're just tired and they just want to give up. If you got anything before I chime in here, or, chime in first. Then yeah, that way he can have more time to give think. Give me time to think. That's a good question. I can ramble here. <laughs> you know, I, when I when I when I look at that, and I, and I can't give you the the perfect answer yeah, yeah, here because right. I, I didn't even know this answer was coming. And this is a pretty deep um, question you have posed here, but there's times I get tired. But usually when I get tired and I'm just sick of kind of putting that fight up is because I've lost that perspective. But that perspective for me is I've taken my eyes off Christ. Um, when I've got him as the goal and we're the finish line where I'm trying to get to, um, to be more like him, that sanctification we're talking about, it seems like I can go after that because I see what he's doing in my life. But when I shift over and, and I focus on the food or I sh- the finances or the drugs, then I, I see an empty well there. And so I just like, this is as good as it's going to get, so I'll just stay here. Because there's no hope in that. I've just seen that there's never been hope in that. And so if I can shift back towards hope, there's almost like this willingness to want to fight again. And I don't know. That's just an internal drive in me. I don't know if that's a correct biblical drive or not, but that's what I see in me. There's no doubt uh, keeping Christ centered and focused in our lives is going to be um, one of the most important, most pivotal things that we do uh, in not giving up and losing hope. But but everyone uh, maybe hasn't decided to to put their hope in Christ yet. I mean Very that's one point. of the things that um, it it can be so difficult because the world is going to offer so many other alternatives uh, that they say this will work and this will work and this will work. And for that person that, that has tried all of those things to to turn the corner to to make progress and to make two steps forward instead of two steps back, those things aren't working and. And, and the hope just disappears. So I really believe that um, it's it's got to be uh, turning to Christ. And, and then once we turn to Christ, we've got to keep our focus there. And, and what you described makes perfect sense because you think about what um, what Satan did to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. 
God had a gazillion blessings. He said, eat of every tree and fruit plant that you see except one. Do what you want to. Just don't mess with that. Just don't mess with that. So, so I mean, they had a gazillion blessings and one thing that they were restricted from, and the devil still knew how to take their eyes and focus it off of what God did not desire, what he did not permit. And so keeping our our eyes and our heart focused on on the Lord and, and not giving up, and I think it goes back to choice too, because there it's he said, um, "For I find my inner self, I joyfully agree with God's law, but I see a different law in the parts of my body waging war against the law of my mind, and that's really the target, and that's why you know the battle for the mind is so dangerous. I mean, God may have our hearts. I mean, some of the folks listening may they may have put their trust in Christ, they may have um, believed on Jesus for their salvation, but." The devil still attacks the mind, uh, and that's why Paul says take every thought captive. It's still a choice. Repentance the first time is a choice. Turning to Christ is a choice, but it's got to be a daily choice that I'm going to continue to focus on God. And it's a, you know, and so I think that's a lot of it too is being able to take those thoughts captive and choosing what brings glory and honor to God with my life today. And it might be a daily struggle. It might be an hourly struggle, but it's going to be a continual battle of the mind. Yeah, that mind's powerful because we've talked here recently to different guys who have struggled with sexual addiction, and the common theme that you hear is they can all remember like the first sexual image they ever saw, uh, like of a nude woman, and you know, so that is the the very thing that Satan can use to pull them back to that temptation, uh, an image they could have seen decades ago. And so that mind, uh, I guess, you know, maybe I'm wrong and maybe we're steering away from this, but you talk about that taking every thought captive. It's difficult, you know, it's easy to say that difficult to do that because, you know, if you just in in that example, then in my mind, when when Paul says take that thought captive, it's about trying to not act on that impulse and go that direction with it, but redirect and focus back on Christ and, and on holy spiritual things. Would, would y'all agree with that when I say that? Oh, yeah, and just not letting a thought take root, you know. Root, that would be a good word. Like, for me, that's where uh, in the past with different struggles I've struggled with, the scripture memory has really helped, you know. If I start going down uh, the wrong road as far as in my thoughts, I can immediately start reciting scripture to myself and will kind of pull myself out of that. Or even just, you know, praying, you know, it's being able to stop yourself, which we talk a lot about, you know, being able to stop and take an inventory of where you are in recovery. We, we talk about that frequently and uh, being being able to identify those thought patterns early on and then being able to stop them, um, which is also a great time, you know, to call your sponsor. If you have a sponsor in recovery or if you're not in recovery to call an accountability partner, if you start, you know, having temptations to slip back into an old sin or even a new sin is to, to try to catch it early before the flesh just completely takes over because it doesn't take long for that to happen. Well, Pastor Tim, um, Paul kind of talks many times there, kind of over and over in almost different ways about how he's wanting to do something good. He can't carry that out, and that it's the sin living in him, not him. Now, that's confusing for me because 
that it's easy to say, well, that this I didn't do that. You know, this is the <laughs> sin in me, and I've got no control over that because you know I'm born with this, and so it's it's a, you know, as we said earlier. I could almost say, well, you know, it's not my fault. It's the sin in me. So, uh, you know, you can't get on to me for that. What do you say to that? Well, uh, we're, we're all born with that sin nature. We all have it. But it doesn't, it, it doesn't give us a license and liberty to continue to live in sin, though. That's, that's kind of where the struggle is. Um, and so no one is asked to be perfect according to God's Word. Uh, we, we are instructed that the only way anybody can be declared perfect or righteous is by the blood of Christ. Um, God had to deal with sin. and God dealt with the, the sin of wicked man when he flooded the earth. Uh, he, he dealt with the wicked sin when uh, he wiped out Sodom and Gomorrah. Sin has to be judged. And unfortunately, sin is a part of us. It's, it's in us. So that sin has to be dealt with. And so God said, I'll make a way for it to be dealt with. Um, yeah, it, it, you, you may can say, well, I have a sin nature, so it's not my fault. Um, but the sin nature still is within you. And the only thing that can overcome that sin nature is that relationship with God through his son, Jesus, who shed his blood so that our sin could be covered. Uh, and the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. There's no forgiveness for it. It cannot be, uh, taken care of except for God's wrath if the blood doesn't cover it. And so while it may not be our fault, it is still our DNA, um, you know, you could say it's it's not fair that, you know, I weigh 500 pounds. My, my, my parents and my grandparents and my great-grandparents, they all weighed 500 pounds, and that's not fair to me. I, I mean, I, I shouldn't have to, but nonetheless, it's still in your DNA. It's still there. It's still something you have to deal with uh, and struggle with in your life. So even though it doesn't seem fair, um, God God's going to pass fairness in dealing with it because fairness, according to the Bible, would be, God's judgment on your sin, and, and the Bible says the wages of sin is death. So what we should pay for it is death, but that's where God stepped in with grace, and he shed his son's blood for our sin. He covered that sin. So he, he didn't deal in fairness. He, he went past fairness and gave us grace and unconditional love and mercy uh, and giving us a way to deal with that sin. So it may not be our fault, but God has given us a way. Every person has the same way of dealing with the sin that they do have that's good so you know i read this and, and i say well you know we're slave to sin we're always going to sin we're always going to do that but yet if we are now born again and we have trusted christ and christ lives within us christ was able to do this without sin without you know, stepping into what we have done here. For us. Exactly. Yeah. And so if Christ lives within us, so can we then now say that we're no longer slaves to sin? Can can we live a life without sin today? I think we can say that we're no longer slaves to sin, but it's only because of what Christ did for us. I, I don't think we can say, I'm, never, I'm not going to sin anymore. I just don't think that that's not what we see in scripture and we just we know that from scripture and especially what Paul's talking about right here i think where the hope for me comes in is that even though i know my flesh is sinful and is going to continue to sin the hope is that i can still have freedom in christ knowing that he was good for me and he stood in my place and live that perfect life that I'll never be able to live. 
And that's where I can have the freedom in Christ. Yes, I'm going to sin. Yes, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to slip up. I'm going to, my old self is going to come back and make mistakes. But I'm still covered by the blood of Jesus Christ if I'm a believer and I've repented and, and of my sins and believed in him. Um, so that's that's where the hope and the freedom from this cycle is for me. And Paul says the one that you obey, that's the one that you're enslaved to, the one that you obey, whether you obey the sinful nature or the spirit of God within you, uh, that's the one that you're enslaved to. And so that's why it is a daily struggle to choose to say, I'm going to be obedient to Christ. I'm going to be obedient to God's word, not obedient to those temptations and thoughts that come to steal, uh, till, steal kill, and destroy and pull me the other direction. So we got a choice then. We have a choice each day, each minute to, to either go towards sin or go towards Christ. I mean, that, that's really ultimately what we have here. You know, to bring it down to kind of what we do in recovery, um, you mentioned earlier about how trying to muscle through this with willpower doesn't work. And you've never been through the 12 steps, and that's just what we talk about a lot, that willpower just never works here. But yet if you look at the second step, we if we can't do it with willpower, then we've got to believe that, that we've got to put our faith in something else. And this is where we find Christ, and then we turn our wills and our life over to him in step three. And because of that, we can find hope in him. Um, when we look to these verses and, and maybe – say well it's just always going to be hopeless you know i see paul he sees himself what i think you mentioned that he says oh wretched man that i am Mm -hmm. who will save me from this well we find our salvation in christ we find everything through christ and so even way back when and i forgot the question you asked but when i mentioned that i kept looking to empty wells those never was a saving saving anything for me. I, it was always brought me back to more doom and gloom and just hopelessness. It's probably the best word to say, just hopelessness. But yet when I found Christ, things changed. I mean, everything changed. But one thing that didn't change is when I got saved, when I asked Christ into my heart and to be Lord of, over my life, I didn't just say, oh, well, the, the sin's gone. I don't have to this struggle anymore. And I think there may be a mis, um, misconception that if you get saved, that everything is just rainbows and yes. butterflies. That's just not the truth. That's right. You know, all of us here um, would, would say no. Um, it may even get harder in some mm-hmm. areas yeah. because now you know the truth. You know you shouldn't do certain things. And so now we need to live to that. And we know, as Paul said, we're going to fall doing those things, but we, we can overcome these things because of what Christ has done for us. Yeah, and his grace is sufficient. You know, that's what I have to remember that whenever I do mess up and I sin and, you know, I have that, that guilt and that shame, you know, that that is not of God. You know, conviction is of God. I think conviction is, is from the Holy Spirit where I'm convicted of a sin. But when I have that guilt and, that sh- and the shame, you know, I immediately want to just keep the guilt and the shame. It's like it's like a blanket. It's like you know a warm blanket. You just you just stay wrapped up in it, and then it keeps you in your sin even longer. And then just starts that whole shame cycle. Uh, and then then you then you really can become stuck in that sin. But um, you know, to try to break out of that cycle, I think it's healthy that when you do sin, you just you ask for forgiveness and you move on and you 
you try to walk away from it as fast as possible and into obedience. So what, what you were just talking about, Jason, there, um, one one verse that comes to mind is first John two one, where where um John says, I write these things so that you will not sin, but if you do sin, we have an advocate with the Father who is Jesus Christ. And and again, that's not permission from Scripture that we just have a liberty to sin, but it's that if we are in Christ, his blood has covered our sin. And conversely, the devil is called the accuser of the brethren. So what he strives to do is to get you to focus on your sin, to beat you down and say, why would God want you? Why would God forgive you? Why would God love you if you keep on, keep on, keep on? So also remember, going back to what you talked about earlier, perspective and and not losing hope, remember you have an enemy that is doing his very best to beat you down and accuse you, but you have an advocate with the Father who is Jesus Christ in this relationship so stop beating yourself up because of your sin nature. That's that's not doing you any good. Um, stop stop living in the guilt of that sinful nature because if you have a relationship with Christ, he has set you free. Yes, the desire is that we would live for him, to bring glory and honor to him, but we're going to stumble and we're going to fall, but that is a part of the sin nature. It doesn't, you know, we, we joked earlier about hypocrites and all, it doesn't make you a hypocrite. A hypocrite is somebody who says one thing and intentionally does the other. You're not a hypocrite if you say that I'm a believer in Christ and then you stumble and fall. That that is that is part of that human sinful DNA. The willful intention sin, that's hypocritical. Mm-hmm. That that's where it becomes hypocritical. So don't beat yourself up because of the sin nature. Just learn to deal with your sin as it comes learn to deal with it. And again, it goes back to getting in the Word. It comes back to having that ongoing relationship with God. It goes back to what you guys have talked about with accountability partners or your sponsors, uh, whatever the case might be. Find people that care about you and love you that want to help you on this journey. Yeah. I think that's great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so what What if, say today, that we had someone listening, um, because I, I know that we have someone listening that, that would be struggling with this very thing, that maybe isn't a Christian, what do they do? What's the what's the best what's the best place to start with with that? Is it trying to to fix it themselves? Is it to, is it to reach out in prayer? Is it to go to a group? What, what what would you suggest to someone in that situation right now? Well, I'd say if they're there in that place, then one, I believe God uses so many things to speak to us including podcasts. What a wonderful world we live in, modern technology to have a podcast where you guys who are devoted followers of Christ, who have the same struggles that men and women have, that you guys are sharing the gospel. So right where they are, they could begin to pray and call in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, a lot of people think I got to go to the church. I got to walk down the aisle. I've got to stand up in front of people. Man, some of the greatest salvation testimonies I know are from people who God got a hold of them and right in their bedroom, sobbing in the floor of their bathroom is where they called out to receive salvation from Christ. So I would say, no, don't don't try to handle fixing this on your own. Man, right where you are is where God may be calling you to salvation and to repentance in your life. Yeah, that's exactly. You know, I, I talk about it a lot on here that I found Christ at, on the side of a rehab bed. 
You know, it wasn't at an altar at a church service. And it was simply by just crying out and saying, Lord, I can't do this on my own. You know, and, and I believe that you can do what I can't do. And that's how it started for me. It wasn't repeat this prayer after me. It was simply just a desperate cry from my heart that I wanted things to, to change in my life, and I believed that he could do it. Yeah, and, and ministers and other believers, they're, they're there. They would love to help someone you know, whether it be over a phone call or meeting in person for coffee, they'd love to share with somebody how to take those Mm -hmm. steps of, but man, calling on the name of the Lord Jesus. That's what it says. Call on his name, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, and calling out on him to him for salvation. I believe it starts there. You know, I think that that's where it starts, but don't let it end there. You know, I think there is, that's the first step. Find a church after that, find, uh, us, you know, a a 12 step group somewhere to get, uh, get started in but even if you go to a group i still believe it's important to go around a body of believers and wherever that is for you and you know that's where you begin to to get deeper into like what we're talking about here you know we're surrounded here with a bunch of pastors that are still struggling to read this same scripture here so you know (laughs) uh, some of you have been in there and reading for decades you know and i'm like if y'all are struggling then i I can't just say a prayer and know what what y'all are talking about right now it takes getting in and learning from other people and just following after the lord and that's for me the way i've got to know him was through his word that was his love letter to me and i didn't read it in one sitting and go that's great because honestly a lot of it bores me to death (laughs) i'm probably not supposed to say that but you know it's just the truth um all of it is not great and wonderful a lot of it does not bring encouragement a lot of it's just boring numbers and names that i feel like mean nothing to me but yet it's all written to me and it's all written to our listeners, too. And I believe that it starts with a prayer from our heart to ask him to rule and reign over our life and then a desperate wanting to seek after that. And even though from that period on we're going to continue to, to struggle from time to time, that there's hope knowing that Christ has already won this this war, this fight that we fight yes. every day. Yeah. Well, guys, I believe that's kind of enough to put this one in the books, would yeah, you say? Definitely. Right. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, yeah. thanks so thanks much for, for coming. Here. I don't know if you'll invite me back, but uh, thank you. You got an open seat anytime you want to come. All right, good, good. <laughs> All right, well, that's another one in the books. I'm Roger. I'm Jason. We're signing out. Thanks for listening to Soberholic with Roger and Jason. If you like the show and want to know more, check out SoberholicPodcast.com. Please remember to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Soberholics.